Hey everyone, welcome to Covenant Courses, where we come together as a church to learn and explore. Uh, my name's Weston Brown, and today we are beginning a new study on a small book called Missional Essentials by Brad Briscoe and Lance Ford. And I've really been looking forward to this because Missional Essentials is in many ways a foundational book for us here at Covenant Shreveport. Um, and I, I've learned a lot from it. I've had the opportunity to teach through it a few times, and I'm excited to interview one of its authors, Brad Briscoe, over the next 12 episodes. Brad and I will be walking through the book together, and I'm really eager to just kind of pick his brain some. So uh, Brad, if you're not familiar with him, is the author of multiple books, including The Missional Quest and one of my personal favorites, Next Door As It Is In Heaven, uh, both of which he co-wrote with Lance Ford as well. Uh, he's also written uh, in the areas of church planting and specifically what's sometimes called bivocational or co-vocational church planting, which is where uh, a person is planting a church, but the church organization isn't the sole source of their income. So they may have a job outside of the church organization while also planting, uh, which is a very specific thing. And uh, Brad has really, uh, I think, spent a great deal of time helping to kind of shape and influence that world, uh, which has only grown uh, over the last couple of decades. And so he spends a lot of his time working with church planters around those issues. He's also a husband and a father and lives in the Tampa, Florida area. So uh, in today's episode, uh, we are going to cover some of the introductory section of the Missional Essentials book. And uh, from there, we're going to release two short episodes a week and hopefully cover a good bit of the content of this book. So excited that you're along for the ride. Let's go ahead and get started uh, in our interview with Brad Briscoe. All right, Brad, thanks for being with us today. I've really been looking forward to this. And uh, man, this is uh, content that I've had the privilege of teaching now probably three or four times over the last few years. Um, I know uh, Missional Essentials and also your other writing uh, has been really helpful to me in uh, making some of these missional paradigm shifts in my own life uh, over the last 10 years or so. Um, and so I'm excited to introduce some of this to our folks here at Covenant Shreveport. I want to begin, though, uh, where you guys begin in the introduction. And you start by talking about what's called the church growth movement, um, which I, I don't know if that's language that's common to just everyday folks in the church. Uh, and, and to be honest, as I read your introduction, it kind of sounds like you're painting the church growth movement in a negative light, and and don't we want churches to grow? Like, isn't isn't church growth a positive thing? So, man, I'd love to just start by by you kind of unpacking what that is for us. What are some of the dis distinctives of the church growth movement, um, and and also what's negative about this? Why why would this maybe not be a positive thing all the way around? Oh, that's an excellent uh, question, Weston. And yeah, I appreciate the time and I appreciate the opportunity to just talk about some of the things we're going to talk about. Um, yeah, that I love that question about church growth movement because yeah, why why would we not want the church to grow, right? But really, a church growth movement um, has been around really four decades, probably close to five decades now, and it was really kind of a, a, a movement of rethinking the church. And 
um, there was a time where this was very appropriate and it was a very good thing. And there was, a, and I'll, I'll come back to this. There were a lot of wonderful positives that came out of the church growth, growth movement. So it wasn't all a bad thing, but I think in a roundabout way, we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot as the church in the West. And here's the way I would explain that. I would say primarily the church growth movement came out of uh, a desire for evangelism. It was really, you know, if there were two kind of personalities or two people that uh, we often associate with the church growth movement 40 years ago, it was Rick Warren with Saddleback Church in California and Bill Hybels um, with Willow Creek in Chicago. And both of those men, I think, were very highly gifted evangelists. And whenever they applied their evangelistic bent towards the church, they they felt like we needed to make our Sunday morning worship services more welcoming to lost people. And they felt like that uh, uh, really an evangelistic tool would do, be to equip the people in a church to invite others to the church worship service on Sunday morning. And then that service would be really organized around or uh, kind of informed by the needs that lost people had. Well, that sounds good. And and really, 30, 40 years ago, uh, it was very effective. So there were lots of churches that grew rapidly with an attractional model to church planting. When I say attractional model, what I mean by that is they they really adjusted or organized all the church programs and activities to be attractional or, you know, so we would do church in such a way that it was actually attractive to lost people. So lost people would would come to our programs and activities. Well, once again, a few years ago, a few decades ago, uh, that was very appropriate and it worked. But I would say we don't live in that world today. We live in a, a rapidly increasing missionary context. And now, regardless of how you do church on Sunday morning, we just don't live in a context where people are interested in the programs and activities of the church. So we have to think differently. Uh, so instead of tra- uh, trying to attract people to the programs and activities, we we need to go where they are. And, you know, and then the other thing, when I say we kind of shot ourselves in the foot, I would say that over the years, we've kind of created a consumeristic monster <laughs> with the church. Mm-hmm. So in other words, there's too many people in North America that view the church as a vendor of religious goods and services because we have created these religious goods and services and try to attract people to them. So, so again, lots of really good things that came out of the church growth movement, but there are some things now we just have to recognize uh, really aren't as effective as they once were. And and in fact, have actually put the church in a position that uh, isn't helpful at all in an increasing missionary context. So is that the same thing as like the mega church movement? Are those two things synonymous or are they different? Well, I don't think they're exactly synonymous, but the reality is most mega churches are mega churches because they have been vendors of religious goods and services. So, you know, a little phrase that was thrown around a lot, you know, 10 years ago was seeker sensitive services. So mm-hmm. that's really closely tied with the church growth movement. But yeah, I mean, even though I wouldn't want to equate them equally, mega church and attractional model, the reality is the vast majority, uh, maybe 99% of mega churches, kind of got mega because of this particular attractional model of, of church that they they employed. Yeah. So there's some positive things that have come out of that. And, and I think I think there are a lot of people who are believers who have come through what we would think of as an attractional church model yes. or the ch- church growth movement. I, w- I would put myself in that category, certainly. Um, so there is a sense in which God's always working in spite of us. 
And, you know, no matter what we do, our models are going to be inherently flawed because we are flawed. Um, but yet at the same time, you guys note some things that are perhaps counter to the way of Jesus that the American church has embraced over the years. And what you're advocating here is that we begin making some paradigm shifts or maybe continue down the road in making some paradigm shifts to inherently become more missional, and that's your language, more missional in our posture, um, both as individuals and as the church. So um, let's let's just kind of begin with just a basic defini- definition for what missional is. Is that the same thing as missions? Is that or the mission of Jesus? What what are we talking about here? Yeah, another good question. Yeah, missional really is just the adjective form of the word missionary. So it's an adjective or a modifier. So like when we use the language of missional church, missional is just an adjective to modify the noun church. And really, it's just about helping the church once again become a missionary entity. Uh, so the church isn't just about a gathering or, you know, the Sunday morning worship service, but we we want to think and act more like a missionary. So if you if you would prefer, I, you know, I tell people just use the word missionary, that we, we want a missionary church, a church that's actually engaged in God's mission outside the walls of the church. Mm. But so does that mean foreign missions? Uh, does that mean local missions? You know, what, what does that look like? Yeah, and we'll get into this more as we work through, you know, some of the content of Missional Essentials. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's a both and, right? It's not mm. just local, but the reality is for most churches in the West, historically, when we use the word mission, we were talking about overseas or far off places. Mm. We weren't talking about our own neighborhoods or our own cities. So w- although it doesn't have to just be this, I think a lot of times when we use the language of missionary thinking or missional church, we're, we're talking about trying to help the church re-engage in local mission, not just overseas. All right, so that's just a taste of my interview with Brad Briscoe as we get into this Missional Essentials curriculum. Um, Hopefully you're getting a little bit of a sense of where we're headed. And starting in our next episode, we're going to begin getting into what Brad calls paradigm shifts, ways that our thinking has to change if we're going to embrace this more missional model of life, taking the mission of Jesus and going to those around us. So looking forward to continuing this with you. Join us for our next episode as we get into chapter one of Missional Essentials. 